Hello there, friends. It's Jimmy Maverick, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Maverick Podcast. Today, I've got my good friend, Zach, from Fantasy Price Check. We're going to be talking about huge value players for the upcoming fantasy season. You're not going to believe where you're going to be able to get these guys and how much value they're going to offer your team. So stay tuned for that. Here we go. Listen up. It's time for the Fantasy Maverick Podcast, starring a guy who's going to help you win that fantasy championship, Jimmy Maverick. All right. Hello there, friends. It's Jimmy Maverick coming at you with the Fantasy Maverick podcast from Santa Fe, New Mexico. And today I've got a special guest. I've got Zach from Fantasy Price Check uh, on the line with me today. We're going to be talking huge value fantasy players for the upcoming season. Uh, now, I got to tell you, Zach, uh, I, I do very much enjoy your videos on YouTube. If, if you haven't done so already, go to fantasypricecheck. Or, or just search for Fantasy Price Check you'll be able to find his videos. What I like about him is I call them like little fantasy appetizers. It's just like a little five minute video about one player and you're very thorough in your analysis. Um, and I do very much uh, enjoy watching those. So if you haven't done so already, uh, go to YouTube, check it out. Also on um, Instagram, uh, what is your Instagram tag? Let me try it again. At Fantasy Price Check on Instagram. Oh, okay. There you go. Very easy. So uh, definitely go check out his stuff. He's got good stuff here. Um, so obviously, value, for me, it's one of the most important things I consider when I'm looking at players. Um, I, I have my VORC score, which stands for Value, Outlook, Reliability, and Consistency. Value is 30% of the VORC score. And uh, the way it works is in my app, my Perfect Fantasy Draft, uh, you, you put in how your league scores points, and then it, it calculates those that per, that point schedule by the projected stats for each player, uh, calculates the uh, you know projected fantasy points, and then it ranks those players. Uh, so it makes it very easy to find who are the who's undervalued, who's fair valued, and who's over, overvalued relative to their draft position. Um, so when, when I when I do when I go through it and, and, and I, I get all the information in, all of a sudden names just start popping out at me as being a incredible values. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, I thought we'd start out, um, uh, Zach, you can do yours first. Uh, I believe you got uh, a guy from Pittsburgh. All right. The first guy that I'm going to talk about is James Conner. And Jimmy, thanks for having on the show. I appreciate it. Um, so looking into James Conner, what I like is he is a late fourth round pick. He's currently being drafted after Le'Veon Bell, Mark Ingram, and David Johnson. And he's a guy that's been drafted in the first or second round in the last two seasons. And this year, we know why his ADP has taken a hit. He's seen as a guy that's not durable in the Steelers draft in RB, which has also hurt his ADP. I'm not a guy that's missed six games in the last year and three games in the year before that. Um, but we're not talking about major injuries, though. We're talking about a sprained ankle in 2018 and a sprained AC joint in 2019. So he doesn't have any major medical red flags. He's just a guy that's gotten a little banged up and has missed some time. Um, you know, when you look at a guy like Chris Carson, he's fractured a hip, and people are still taking him in round three. Darius Geis is coming off three knee injuries in the last two years, and people are still taking him in round seven. So that's for crazy. James Conner in the fourth round, I think that's going to be a steal. And uh, he's, he's only 25 years old. He's in a contract year. And when he's healthy, he's an RB1. 
Uh, if you look at last year before injury, from weeks one to weeks eight, he was the RB9 in total points and the RB10 points per game. And that was with a lousy Steeler offense with no Big Ben. And then the year before that, from weeks one to week 13, before he injured his ankle, he was the RB5 in total points and the RB6 in points per game. So that shows you that he is top 10 RB material when he is healthy. The guy's just gotten a little banged up. Uh, and when you look at Connor's numbers compared to Todd Gurley and David Johnson, two other backs with injury concerns that are going ahead of Connor, Connor actually has them beat in yards per carry, yards after contact per attempt, and receptions per game. And I'm not too worried about Anthony McFarland either. He's a fourth-round rookie. I agree that he looks explosive and dynamic, but he's going to have a complimentary role as a rookie this year. I don't think he's coming in and taking Connor's job. And Mike Tomlin isn't a big running back committee guy. He likes to use just one back. And if you're worried about uh, Anthony McFarland, you could take Connor in round four and then take, McC uh, take McFarland in round 12, and you have the Steelers' backfield locked up. So I think James Connor is a great value this year. And being a late fourth-round pick, I think that is great value for him. Well, I got to say, um, um, I, was, I was a little shocked that you chose James Conner. Now, now, certainly the upside is there, um, but I'm wondering, my concern is not so much with James Conner, it's with the offense in general. Um, you know, last year, obviously, Big Ben was out, and so we had two subpar backup quarterbacks playing that obviously were not as good. That helped them, that helped defenses stack the line against the run game. Um, but uh, the, the offensive line was 27th in the league for, uh, for run blocking. And that does not portend very well towards this year because they didn't really make any improvements to the offensive line. Um, it's also one of the oldest offensive lines in the NFL, which really makes me, it makes me sweat. And I know you talked about uh, McFarland in there, but, you know, there's also Jalen Samuels and there's also Benny Snell. For me, that's a four-headed committee, not a two-headed committee. And, man, if there's, if there's three or more, it's just a fantasy wasteland. So um, I, I know that the Pittsburgh history is they go with a bell cow. Uh, but you know what? Kansas City was also a team that did that. And last year they, they went away from that. And they won the Super Bowl. And I think it's the trend, you know, you're going to see it more and more. And I think that they're going to absolutely employ a committee in this backfield this year. It's going to be impossible to know who's going to be the guy on any given week. So I, I, that, that's, that's my, my big concern. Um, I have him going at ADP number 46. Uh, he's the 19th running back being taken off the board. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, uh, I have him valued as my RB31, <laughs> just like. Um, All right, you faded corner a bit. Down, just, a, just a lot of downside risk, just because of the crowded backfield, man. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm not sure if this is going to be a value play for you this year. But, um, you know, again, Steelers are my favorite team. Uh, I've always been a fan of the Steelers. They're the best run organization in the NFL. Uh, but I got to say, they've got some real problems on the offense that just, just make me want to stay away. So uh, uh, let me uh, go on to my first pick then. Uh, so 
My first pick is, uh, for huge value is Ronald Jones, uh, who's currently going at ADP number 102. He's the 40th running back being taken off the board. And let me tell you, if, if you're looking for a cheap share of what could be a very explosive offense, I'm telling you, Tampa Bay just seems like it's going to be explosive this year. And, and, and I know that there is that they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn, and it is going to be uh, it is going to be a shared backfield, uh, probably a 55-45 split in Ronald Jones' favor. But I got to say, man, this year more than other, more than any other, because of the coronavirus, the established guys I think are at a huge advantage over any new player coming into the system. So um, I, I I think. Um, just where his ADP is, he offers some great value. I've got him projected with about 193 touches, uh, 32 catches on 45 targets. So he's already in the 240s for his opportunities with the ball. Uh, that makes him my running back number 24. So a low end to a high end flex, uh, just an incredible bargain in the ninth round. So, um, you know, I got to say, man, um, I, Ronald Jones is definitely on my target list right now. I like the Ronald Jones pick um, based on ADP. I have 90th overall, eight, round eight. Uh, and he had over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns last year. And he had a uh, yards per carry average of four yards, 10 yards per reception. And if you look at the snaps um, with Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber, um, Ronald Jones got the lion's share of the, of the snaps. He got 422 snaps compared to Peyton for 347. And what I expect is that Keyshawn Vaughn comes in and takes the snaps that Peyton Barber had, and Ronald Jones keeps the same workload. So I think you're looking at a guy that's going to get over 1,000 total yards and six touchdowns. And let's take a look at some of the finishes. Last year, he finished as the RB26 and was the RB33 in points per game. So I think that you're going to see a similar output uh, or a similar finish this year. Uh, you're essentially getting an RB3 uh, that you're getting at the price of an RB4. So that does present good value. Yeah, so like I said, I'm, I'm excited for him. Now, uh, who is next on your list? Uh, the next guy that I have on my list is a guy that I'm really excited about, more excited about than James Conner, and that would be Raheem Mostert. All right, so let me get into Raheem Moster. Raheem Moster is currently being drafted at the back of the fifth round. And a lot of people that don't believe in Raheem Moster and say that Tevin Coleman is the better value who could be drafted in the eighth round. But I believe that Raheem Moster is the guy for the 49ers this year. And the reason for that is the 49ers turned to Moster during the final stretch of the season. Tevin Coleman was healthy during Moster's stretch of dominance. Uh, to close the season, Mostert was the starter for them. And the reason for this is because the 49ers changed defensive line scheme. Shanahan likes to use an outside zone scheme, which is where Mostert thrived due to his speed and explosiveness. Uh, that's why I'm so confident in Mostert being the guy for the 49ers in 2020 and Coleman seeing a minimal role as a two behind Mostert. Uh, if you look at Mostert's snaps, once he became the, uh, the starter in week 12, he went from 27% of the snaps to 55% of the snaps. And from weeks 14 to 17, Tevin Coleman never had him. And once Raheem Mostert took over, from weeks 12 to 17, Mostert was the RB7. 
He had over a thousand yards in touchdowns when he was barely playing for the first 11 weeks of the year. I'm projecting for him in 2020. I'm projecting 1,400 total yards, about 1,100 rushing and 300 receiving, along with eight to 12 touchdowns. And what really opened my eyes to Mostert is you've heard of next gen stats, right? Yes. Players on field speed. And based on what we tracked, they made a list of the 10 most explosive runners. And the list goes like this number one, Lamar Jackson. Number two, Dalvin. Number three, Raheem Mostert. Then Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, and Christian McCaffrey's at number nine. This guy is completely left. Uh, the only knock on Moster is projected volume. He's only 200 pounds, and he's not going to be able to handle 20 touches a game. He's going to be good for maybe 10 to 15 touches a game. However, I think he's going to be able to make up for those lack of touches with his efficiency like Alvin Kamara does. Here's some stats that popped off the page for me. He's first in yards created per touch, first in true yards per carry, first in run rate, and fifth in yards after contact per attempt. So Mostert has top 15 back written all over him. If you believe that he's going to be the, starty, uh, the starter for the 49ers, which I believe he is going to be, and he's currently being drafted right now as the RB26. Yeah, I got to say, man, the more I read about Mostert, the more I like him for this season. Uh, he absolutely has a huge ceiling on a great run-first offense, that and and he's shown what he can do man I mean that there, there was one game in the playoffs where he got four touchdowns in a game and um you know I, I just think this offense the way it's built is there's going to be a lot of volume available for him and I also like the fact that they got rid of Matt Breida they shipped him uh, they he, he went to Miami so instead of there being a three-headed monster in this backfield, it's really just two. It's him and Tevin Coleman. Um, I got to say, I'm not as impressed or as scared of Tevin, uh, of Tevin Coleman as many as some others might be. Uh, certainly, Coleman had a couple of explosive games, um, and that will happen during the course of this season where Mostert will just disappear uh, just just because of the nature of the backfield and the way Kyle Shanahan runs it. But I got to say, man, um, he is going to be big. Um, his ADP of number 59, I'm sure it's going to move up between now and when drafts actually start happening. Um, but to get him in the fifth round of a draft is just such an incredible steal. Um, I will take him 100% of the time he's available as my fifth round pick. Um, it is, uh, well, it's not a contract year for him this year, but his contract does expire after the 2021 season. So this is kind of like, this is kind of like the season that he wants to shine on. Um, and I also like that there's been an upward trend in his usage. Um, so things are, you know, like I said, very good for someone like Raheem Mostert. The biggest uh, issue with him for me is consistency that he will disappear in some games just because of the way Shanahan runs that offense. But otherwise, man, I, I love him as either your third or your fourth running back. Absolutely go get him. So absolutely kudos. Yeah. So my next pick, um, I've got a wide receiver here and, and for this one, Currently going at ADP 105, uh, the 41st wide receiver coming off the board, Sterling Shepard of the New York Giants. Now, um, you know, when, I, when I'm looking at value ranks uh, in my app, it, it's 
this, this is a guy that will offer a massive return on your investment. One of the big issues that I, one of the big things that I like so much about him is his level of consistency last year during the games that he played. Now he only played 10 games and you know, he has, he did deal with injuries last year, but in those 10 games, he never got less than six targets in a game. And in six of the 10, he had 10 or more targets. So that is wide receiver one potential upside if he can stay healthy and it was good that he saw that kind of heavy volume with Daniel Jones you know uh, and, and, and so that really um, strikes me as very positive so I have him down for about 110 targets um, 71 catches 789 yards six touchdowns which makes him a wide receiver 34 so a low-end flex but I, I think the upside is just so tremendous here. Tremendous with his offense. I think this offense is really going to take a, a big step forward this year, uh, especially Daniel Jones, that, you know, um, there is, like I said, I, I think he's a great pick, and we're talking a 10th-round pick in, in your draft. Uh, I would absolutely take that for sure. Yeah, I like the, I like the pick in Sterling Shepard. He really – wasn't on my my radar really until you mentioned that he was one of your guys and when I looked at him today I came away extremely impressed with what he was able to do last year um you're probably looking or, or people that are looking at him are probably only looking at last stat lines and and oh, okay you know not that big of a deal not something I want to draft but uh, again he only played in 10 games and what I love to see about him is is his target volume his target volume was unbelievable last year when you look at his 16-game pace based upon what he was able to do last year, he would have had 132 targets for 91 receptions, 921 yards, and five touchdowns. That 132 target of rank 13th last year among wide receivers, and that stat line would have finished as a wide receiver 25. When I saw that, I was, I was blown away because I initially saw um, in my analysis based on Deary Slayton, how the different you know wide receivers were compared to each other, and what I saw was that Shepard was actually last in yards per target and yards per route run. So I saw him as the third wide receiver on the Giants. But when you actually look and see what his production was in those ten games, I came extremely impressed. So the way I see this Giants back or uh, wide receiver core playing out, um, Darius Slayton's going to be that deep right? He's going to be able to take the top off defenses. Daniel Jones is going to target him with the deep balls. So he's going to be that more explosive player. He's going to have more boom-bust games. Um, and people are going to be excited about that upside. But if you want consistency, if you want reliability, if you want those guaranteed targets, then you want to go with a guy like Sterling Shepard, who is going to have way more value, particularly in PPR leagues, uh, due to the target volume that he's going to get. So I love Sterling Shepard. I, I love his draft price. And, and you could put him in your wide receiver two spot and be fine. And, and he's a guy that's going in around the 9-10 turn. So that is a tremendous value pick. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Slayton is actually going at about the same point that Shepard is. They're, like uh, uh, Slayton's at 108. Shepard's at 105. And, and so which would I rather have? Well, I, I'd rather have the volume. I'd rather have uh, Shepard's volume. And, and really right now I have him projected to have – uh, like 20, 20 more targets than what Slayton's going to get. I think Slayton's better as a daily fantasy play just because the explosiveness, the touchdowns, I, I think he, I, I think, um, 
Slate will let, probably end up with more touchdowns, but as far as fantasy points goes, they'll probably end up with about the same fantasy value. Um, but I just think that Shepard's going to be the, the, the steadier hand, the more consistent one that you can actually rely on in season-long leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Slane's going to get more touchdowns, but it's lead uh, in targets and receptions. So tell me about uh, tell me about your top guy. Who's your who's your top value pick for uh, the upcoming season? All right, for you is Debo Samuel, and he is excited about as well. Uh, his ADP is currently in around round five or six. Uh, as a wide receiver, 27 or 28 off the board. Um, and for rookies, what I like to do is see how they do after the season. And, and if, at what Debo did over the last uh, eight games of the season, from week 9 to 17, Debo Samuel was a wide receiver seven. During that uh, stretch from week 9 to 17, Debo had more points per game than, than the following receivers. He had more points per game. Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Keon, Cortland Sutton, and Mike Evans. He was absolutely dominant during that final stretch. And if you were to pace out what his 16 games would look like based upon those final eight games, he would have 100 targets, 70 receptions, 1,093 receiving yards, 217 rushing yards, and seven total touchdowns. So I like that extra usage that he has runner, which is just you know, extra juice on top of what he's already giving you as a receiver. And I absolutely just love this guy's style of play. He's basically a running back with the ball in his hands. And here are some stats that really popped off the page for me in terms of just how dominant and good of a receiver he was last year. His catch rate ranked fifth in the league. He's a yak monster. He got 473 yards for the catch, which was fifth among all wide receivers and first among all rookie receivers. He had the seventh most broken tackles and was first tackles. And with Emmanuel Sanders gone, that's just going to open up more opportunities for him for more targets. And I have Debo as a top 20 wide receiver. He's my wide receiver 20, and his ADP is currently around wide receiver 27. So he's a guy that I want to get in round five rounds in drafts as my wide receiver two or flex. Well, I got to say, I mean, first of all, last year's crop of wide receivers was really good. I mean, for those rookies came in and, and did amazingly well. Um, I do think Debo is going to do better this year. But my biggest problem is just the fact that um, San Francisco is a run first offense. They do not throw the ball a lot. There was only 478 pass attempts last year. Um, that's with a healthy Garoppolo for all 16 games, and that was 28th in the league. So it's, it's right in the same level as Kirk Cousins, as Lamar Jackson, and, and what that means is, is that he's going to have very uneven consistency. And if you look like during the um, fantasy playoff weeks last year, uh, the final four weeks of the season, um, he had 10 targets uh, on, on the first week, four in the next, nine in the next, and then two in week 17, which probably was more related to just the fact that they'd already made the playoffs. But uh, even in the Super Bowl run, four targets in the, in the divisional playoffs, four targets in, in the um, you know, NFC championship, 12 targets in the Super Bowl. So it's going to be like that with Debo. And, and, and so if 
for, for me, again, Debo seems to be a better daily fantasy pick than a season long. Um, but, you know, I, I like the fact that he's also going to be heavily involved in the run game, like probably 20 touches along with his targets. But uh, again, like I said, I think for season long fantasy, uh, you're going to end up getting, you're going to end up with weeks, with more weeks than not, where you're going to be like, where the heck did Debo go? <laughs> you know? So that's my yeah, big concern with him. Some, some weeks where, where it does feel that way, but I think the 49ers, um, especially towards the end of the year, we're just looking for ways to get the ball into his hands, especially mm-hmm. short and intermediate inter- passes. So he has his downfield skills, but he also has skills in that short game. So they just got the ball in his hands, and I think that they're going to do that this year. Yeah, I think in that in that two touch in one of his two touch games, uh, one of those touches was a was a touchdown. So it's like, oh, he he did fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, Stay all right, the touchdown. So- so my final player, uh, and, and this is a player I've been getting in every single draft I can get in the third round, uh, currently going as the 18th running back off the board at around ADP number 35. So right at the end of the third round. So he's easy to get. Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pretend that 2019 didn't happen uh, because I, I saw what it was. But um, 3.3 yards per carry and four touchdowns do not inspire a lot of confidence. And this, that's why you're seeing him down here. But the fact is, there was so much working against him last year. Uh, he was absolutely in a void for me last season. You know, he, 2018, he didn't play. Then he moves to a new team, which has a terrible offensive line, really no offensive weapons. The quarterback gets mono and misses a month of play. I mean, it's just like disaster after disaster. It's no wonder he didn't do anything. But this year, I think everything's going to be much better. They improve the offensive line. They improve the weapons. Sam Darnold's healthy. Um, I see high volume here. Uh, let's see here. Last year, he got 245 carries and 78 targets. This year, I'm saying right about the same. 222 carries, 84 targets, over 300 touches, you know, opportunities with the ball for someone in the third round is just incredible. That's, that's absolutely what you want. There's no competition in this backfield. It's Frank Gore and the rookie, uh, LaMichael Pirine, uh, who I am not concerned with either of those players. It is going to be the Le'Veon Bell show. And for value, this guy, I have him valued as my RB10. So he should be like a late first, early second pick. But you can get him in the late third round. That's just unbelievable value. And uh, definitely one of those players that can carry you to that fantasy championship for sure. Yeah, I did my analysis on Le'Veon Bell, and I agree him a fairly valued. Um, to me, he is a very safe pick, and he has a very high floor, but I just don't see the upside with him. So what I like about him is he, you know you're getting 250 carries and 80 targets, so you know that the volume is going to be there. You know that he has no competition, but I'm worried about the Jets' offensive line. I know that they did some things to improve it. I like the draft pick and Mekhi Becton, that, so hopefully – he's going to give um, Le'Veon Bell a boost. Uh, He's coming off a year where he had his worst yards per carry average of his career at 3.2. If they could get him to even 3.8 or 4 yards per carry, he's going to have a very nice season with at least 1,500 total yards. But the reason I'm not targeting his, I don't think that touchdowns are going to be there. I know that that's tough to predict on a year-to-year basis, but I'm not a believer in the Jets' offense. Uh, last year, they ranked the uh, the worst in, in total yards and second to worst in total points. 
And I don't think that they're going to be a good offense this year. And I'm still concerned about that offensive line. So although I think that Le'Veon is a good value in the fourth round, if you want a safe uh, running back two with a floor, I, I just am not sold on the upside. Yeah, and, and obviously, uh, you know, the Jets have the worst coach in the NFL, so that's part of the, that, that's part of the problem. <laughs> but I think, you know, second year with the coach, second year in the offensive game plan, he is going to be better than he was last year. I think this, this, the overall team, the Jets, will be better. They'll score more points. There will be more opportunities for Le'Veon Bell to, uh, you know, do what he does because he's an elite talent and, and he has been for his entire career. Um, and, and he's only 28. He's still, this is like a prime year. This is, this is kind of like for me, age 28 is kind of like the best year that the running backs have. And then after that they go into decline. So this is like, mm-hmm. this is like the best you're going to see of Le'Veon Bell with his skills and his vision. And I, I think that, uh, you know, like I said, He's such a low-risk play at this point, like you, like you said, that it's almost – you can't lose on this bet. <laughs> you know, worst oh, you're yeah, going to get absolutely. is break He's even. good for the yardage and the touchdowns. Yeah, and I think the touchdowns will, will bounce back. I mean, four touchdowns mm-hmm. on 300 and – what is it? Th- uh, 320 targets and touches, that's, that's just screams reversion. He's going to revert – at least up to like seven, eight, or nine touchdowns. I mean, and, and that will make a huge difference in his value for fantasy. Oh, for yeah. Sure. If, if you guys seven touchdowns on top of what he's going to be putting up in rushing yards and receiving yards, you know, that he's going to enter into top 15. Tory. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, thank you very much, Zach, for joining me today. Uh, I do enjoy your picks. I, I, I like them. Uh, like I said, of, of your three, Mostert, man, that guy – I, I'm, I'm betting by the time we get to August, he's going to be like a early third, late second round pick. I, I just see him moving mm-hmm. up because people are going to start oh, realizing he, like, holy cow, this guy, is, he's going to be amazing um, for fantasy. So, uh, but anyway, why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can uh, find you and um, go ahead. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening guys. You could find me at the fan price check on youtube just sir fantasy price check i'm on instagram at fantasy price check and you could also find me twitter ff price check is the handle all right well thank you very much zach i appreciate it everybody um please get these guys onto your target list you got some good value plays here and uh we will be back uh later in the week with uh, actually this weekend with another mock draft so stay tuned for that and uh thank you zach have a great day everybody All right, thanks for having me on the show. Love to do it again.